0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Future of BizTech. I'm your host, JC Granger, and I have another fantastic guest on the show with me today. If you end up loving this episode, please show your love and appreciation by following this podcast wherever you're listening. And be sure to give it five stars, preferably with a comment or two in there. It always helps with the algorithms because that is how other techies like you and I can find podcasts like this. And today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Michael Wang, the founder and CEO of Prometheus. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what does Prometheus uh, Alternative Investments do?
1: Sure, absolutely. So on myself, really quickly, I start off as an investment banker doing M&A at Citigroup. And most of my career has been on Wall Street, so after City. I joined a large hedge fund called SAC Capital, work for a guy named Stevie Cohn. So for those viewers out there, if you don't know what hedge fund is, there is a show called Billions on Showtime. That's actually based on the actual manager and fund I used to work for. Um, so and the, I the old Steve Axe Capital. Capital?
0: The Axe the, Capital? The real <laughs> Axe Capital.
1: In fact, the yeah. logo I love is that almost show. a carbon copy of the original SAC Capital no logo. Kidding. The office is a carbon copy of the actual office that they have in Stanford, Connecticut. We'll so. see.
0: Now I have to go look online. I, I got to find <laughs> this now. I yeah. love that show.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so I worked for CVC CV code for about five years and helped grow one of the larger portfolios there. And then in 2012, I left SAC to join a, uh, to join a guy named Jason Carpen, launching a hedge fund called Turbion Capital. There's a global long short equity fund grew that to a couple billion dollars. Now this was all on the East coast of New York. I moved from New York to LA uh, where I'm currently back in 2015, to take over the oldest hedge fund still in existence called Cyprus. So I was running Cyprus for about five years with my partner, Robert Day, and who was the founder, founded in 1969, by the way. And uh, after I was running Cyprus, I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave the fund management industry to pursue this idea that I have for quite some time to essentially democratize access to hedge funds, venture funds, private equity, et cetera, And not just give people access to a great asset class they've never had access to before, but also educate people on essentially financial literacy. So in a nutshell, what Prometheus is, it's a social marketplace for alternative funds. I break that down really quickly in two pieces on the marketplace front. Think of it almost like Robinhood, but instead of coming here to buy and sell stocks, you're shopping for hedge funds, venture funds, crypto funds, private equity, et cetera. And then how the social piece fits into the equation is that it serves as a safe and professional platform for these managers on Wall Street to actually feel comfortable posting content. Because most managers on Wall Street don't post on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, et cetera, but they're posting on Prometheus, and they're posting on Prometheus right now. So it's the only place that you could go to to get real-time insights and to interact directly with some of the best investors in the world. So think of the social part as Twitter, but with pros on Wall Street.
0: Interesting. So now. Does Prometheus offer the ability for you know, smaller investors? And, and by the way, are these, are these individual people or are these licensed people that are on the app? Uh,
1: individual people. Anybody can join Prometheus, whether you are what's called a accredited investor or not. And um, so anybody can get access to the social and start learning and engaging directly with uh, some of these professional uh, managers, get their real-time insights in the markets. Uh, However, because of regulations and very archaic regulatory laws from we're talking about 1933 and 1940, um, the marketplace right now is only available to accredited investors and above. So what's the definition of a credit investor? It's somebody who makes over 200 grand a year if they're single, for instance, or has a million dollar net worth and above. So, um, uh, but what we wanna do is we wanna break down those barriers. Uh, for folks to be able to access this product because it makes no sense to us that anybody can go to a casino, gamble their money away. Anybody can lever up and buy whatever, you know, dogecoin or whatever altcoin that they want to, but they can't invest in a low volatility, uncorrelated hedge fund that consistently generates, you know, low double-digit returns makes absolutely no sense for us. So we have to change these laws. We're going to be evangelists for breaking down these laws. And, um, uh, but there are other things that we're working on right now, uh, which will allow even unaccredited investors to be able to participate in our marketplace. So stay tuned. Got it. So
0: you have the social side for the unaccredited and to be, like you said, to be an accredited investor, it's really just about a net worth. It's not a license or anything like that.
1: There is a few different, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, thresholds that you can meet um, to qualify to be an accredited investor's. So there's the income threshold. So that's 200K above. There's net worth threshold, which is a million dollars and above. And then most recently, though, and this is why I do think the SEC is sort of headed into the right direction, is is that they allow you to be deemed accredited, even if you don't meet the income or the uh, net worth threshold, if you've passed the Series 7, I think the Series 63. So you can get licensed and become accredited. Uh, without meeting any of the uh, income or net worth thresholds. So that's a relatively new thing.
0: Okay. Let's go backwards for, for, for a little second here and we'll come back to this because I, I wanna hear specifically later on if there's any advantages or any cool features that licensed individuals can do within your platform or if yep. that's coming. But for now, I wanna know why did you start this, right? Like I, I hear that you don't like the laws. A lot of people start things because they get frustrated with something, right? And you're like, "What sense does this make? Why can't, you know, you and I get in on this?" But, you know, what's what's your villain origin story (laughs) when it it comes to the day you said, "All right, I'm leaving." I'm gonna keep calling it Axe Cap because (laughs) I just love the show so much. I'm leaving Axe Cap, and I'm going to LA, and I'm starting the software. Like, what what was that moment? Like, why why make that move? What what was really that tipping point for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I always view myself as a white knight, not a villain, but uh, I'll I'll, t- I'll take villain um, for for today. So why did I start this thing? It's it's a phenomenal question. It's because I was a manager for 15 years before I started this thing on Wall Street, and um, there were just a lot of friction points and a lot of problems that are very apparent for um, me. You know, being an operator in the industry that I wanted to address that nobody else was addressing. So for instance, to give you an instance of how tech archaic our industry is, Mm -hmm. if you want to invest in a private equity fund or a venture fund or a hedge fund today, you got to fill out a 100 page subscription document, essentially by hand manually. Oh, geez. Now, Now, if you want to, let's say you want to invest in two separate funds, well, you're essentially filling out the same information twice, right? We're in 2022 here, we have to automate this. So that's just even a single example Of how tech archaic the industry is, and I wanted to modernize the industry. Okay, and at the same point in time, you know, one of the things that was occurring during the pandemic was, you know, Robinhood became really popular. Investing in the public equities markets, investing in general, became culturally relevant. But where was the retail population going for their investment insights? They're going to Reddit. Yeah, they're going to Discord. (laughs) They're going to staff Uh, tweets. They're going to Twitter. In which case, what are they doing? They're sourcing investment advice. From other 19-year-old kids who probably have no experience have no idea what they're talking about i found that quite a bit dangerous and quite frankly you know a lot of traders have learned the hard way over the past year having lost a lot of money probably and you know trying to trade in these uh, markets by taking insights about investing you know from people who aren't quality i give those uh insights and so i wanted to build a platform where users can come to uh, to learn financial literacy, to learn the right way how to invest, not how to speculate, but how to invest directly from the pros. There ain't no better way to learn about investing from a practitioner, a professional who's done this for, for many, many years. So I wanted to give that um, to people. And then, obviously, what I touched upon earlier as well is giving people access to these mm-hmm. great wolf-creating products that was only previously in the purview of the ultra-wealthy and the largest institutions, right? Sure. I want to make it available to doctors, lawyers, engineers. You know, these are all there's a lot of credit people that don't have access uh, to this asset class. So
0: is, is there a B2B aspect to your software? For example, do you have anything in your in your system that you partner with companies with large amounts of employees, for example, where you can bring them on and then they their employees can benefit. I mean, is there is there anything you? I know you work with a lot of direct people, but is there any any B two
1: B aspect here that uh, angle? Absolutely, because our audience is twofold on the demand side, right? So what we were just talking about is certainly the retail community, high net worth individuals, doctors, lawyers, etc. But then the other market that we're actually also tackling on the demand side are you know institutions, particularly RIAs registered investment advisors. There's 20,000 RAs here in the US. And on average, they only have about 3% of their client's assets in alternatives. And it's not because they don't want 30, 40, 50% of their client's assets in alternatives. It's because the average RA running $50 million in Wichita, Kansas has no ability to access the latest hedge fund, venture fund, et cetera. So we want to build this platform to accommodate Uh, those um, uh, RAs as well, and maybe family offices, et cetera, and give them a place where they could discover managers, um, diligence their managers in one place, get to know them through the content that they're posting, and finally be able to transact on the platform. In addition to that, on the supply side, so who is our supply? Our supply of products are managers, our hedge fund managers, private equity managers, venture managers, crypto managers, et cetera. Well, th- those are our suppliers. So we have contracts with them. We give them essentially an external investor relations portal where they could house all of their content, all of their documents from marketing materials, investor letters, to their subscription documents all in one place. Because what's occurring right now is if you're a fund manager, uh, most fund managers are actually also the investor relations person, you know? And if you meet with a prospective investor, let's say I met, I'm a fund manager, I met you, What would I do after the meeting? I would send you an email with seven different attachments, my marketing deck, my investor letters, my subscription docs, et cetera. And I have to do that every time I meet with a new investor. Well, instead of doing that at Prometheus, we could house all their documents so that the investor that you could just go straight to Prometheus and access all that information in one place. So, okay.
0: Now talk to me about, so you say alternative investments. Are we talking like meme stocks? Are we talking Uh, startups. I mean, what what is, how do you define alternative investments?
1: Yeah. The way I like to define alternatives is it's anything that's not traditional. So what is traditional then? It's stocks, bonds, and cash. Okay. So what's in the umbrella of alternatives is very vast. It's everything from hedge funds, venture funds, crypto funds, real estate funds, all the way down to artwork, to collectibles, buying and selling comic books, you know, paintings, Ah. you know, cars, what about I'm
0: NFTs? Sure. Are NFTs in that somehow?
1: Yes, uh, they're also, they would also be considered uh, alternative as well. And uh, so what we're focused on, though, is we are focused on funds. So we're not the place to go to if you want to invest in somebody's startup okay, or an entrepreneur startup or whatnot. You could go to AngelList. You could go to Republic for that type of stuff.
0: Does your tech company have the right marketing systems and strategies in place so you don't have to do it all yourself? Are you frustrated that you're not getting the ROI on your marketing budget that you know you should? Well, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. For the last 10 years, we've been helping companies just like yours make huge returns on their marketing budget. So for more information, go to our website, www.infinitymgroup.com, or you can email us at info at infinitymgroup.com, or if you prefer the phone, give us a call at 303 834-7344 to find out how we can help your tech company make more money. Now back to the show.
1: You come here um, to invest in funds and fund managers that are picking the startups, for instance, because I believe that most people in the world, they're not investors. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, etc., and um, it's okay to have your own Robinhood account. It's okay to have your AngelList account to dabble yourself. But heck, if you're a lawyer, you know, in the courtroom all day long, you're best served putting most of your capital with the trusted manager that you've um, gotten to know on Prometheus.
0: And are they, are they categorized? Like, I mean, like if I want to find a, a, hedge, a hedge fund manager that just does, you know, green energy, for example, or, or someone who just invests in NFTs or things like that, Uh, am I
1: able to find those specific types in there? Absolutely. They are all categorized. In fact, we have tags uh, for each fund on our platform as well. So you're looking for a low volatility hedge fund that doesn't correlate with the broader equities markets. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here are the three funds on our platform that do that. Oh, you're looking for somebody who trades in crypto. Here's a fund that does that. You know, you're looking for a Venture fund that focuses on plant-based investing, something even that's specific to that, which we actually have one, Byron yeah. Ventures, on our platform. Uh, we, we have that. So we allow you to build a filter and search for funds on our platform.
0: Does it show their success rate? Can you look and see how well they've been doing with their fund?
1: Yes. Uh, we want, what we want to provide any investor on Prometheus is the ability to do your full end-to-end diligence on our platform. Which includes everything from performance, which is what you're alluding to, uh, to their investment process, uh, to the history of each of the managers as well. That's
0: interesting because I wonder, you know, do you have when you have an access point like that, like your system, and you have access, like you said, to these fund managers spec- specifically because people can pick ones that go in certain directions. My brain goes to like city and county funds, mm-hmm. where And there's a political aspect, right? You might have a county that has, or some governor of a state or a mayor of a city that has said, we, you know, we want to, we want to go green energy, for example, and to prove that, you know, we're putting our union funds or whatever into XYZ company, and they could find that manager on your platform, I imagine, right? So, I mean, are you seeing that? Are you seeing either large like unions or, or government entity funds, you know, retirement funds, things like that, you know? using your site and your system to find the places, not only to put their money, but also places where maybe they can feel good about putting their money there, for example?
1: So I'll address this question a couple uh, ways. Uh, number one, just to be clear, our platform right now, it's still invite-only. In fact, uh, we only launched it invite-only about a month and a half ago. You know, okay. um, But your question is an important one, is what am I seeing in the broader sort of investment community for these different funds? And it's not just uh, municipalities or cities or you know, governments or whatnot. Uh, it's also there, there's just a lot of folks that over the last few years have felt the need to okay, hey, is there a way that I could feel good about capitalism, but also can you know have it contribute positively to the world, right? And so there has been a shift in demand uh, and quite a bit of demand for these ESG funds. For you know, environmentally like friendly funds, for funds that um, only invest in you know, um, like carbon neutral companies, like a Tesla or something like that. So there certainly is a drive in the industry mm-hmm. from individuals and corporates and governments alike uh, to head into this direction. And by the way, we actually have funds on our platform that donate. Uh, one particular fund donates half of their profits to charity. Wow, you don't typically think about a hedge fund manager like uh, you know Bobby Axelrod as being you know particularly you know charitable like that, but you know that that you're starting to see a lot of that stuff pop up in the alt world where these managers they want to give back, yeah, that's interesting, oh. and
0: that's a good thing right that, it's great, great that friend. that's coming up all right well it wouldn't be the future of biztech if I didn't ask the futuristic question here, so let's start with your company. you're obviously very new on the market. what do you got? Coming down the pipeline, you know, what kind of roadmap can the users be looking forward to as far as options and things they are going to be able to do here in the future uh, on your system?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll talk about perhaps a a couple of different um, uh, features um, on our near-term roadmap. And I could also talk about, you know, longer term stuff as well. So on the short term, a couple of things. One is we talked about how much friction there is to invest in an alts fund today. Having filled out a 100-page subscription document, uh, have uh, completed building the software and we're integrating into our platform over the course of the next, let's call it a month or two, uh, an ability to basically almost do one-click checkout to invest in an alts fund. So what we do is this, the first time you come on Prometheus to invest in any fund, we make you fill out the Prometheus subscription document. Okay, think of that as a master sub-doc. We save that information, and create an investor passport around each user. And then what we do is every future transaction you wanna make as an investor on the platform, what we do is we auto-populate every other sub-dot awesome. going forward so that all you have to do is sign and wire the money, you know? Yes. So getting as close to one-click checkout as possible, making as frictionless as possible, that is um, uh, coming to our platform over the course of the next um, you know, month or two. In addition to that, there's a lot of really cool stuff on a roadmap that we really wanna build in. Um, so, for instance, groups, the ability um, for a financial content creator to um, you know, start a group chat, for instance, on our platform and make it a paid group to monetize your audience. So there's a lot of these thousands of financial content creators that write newsletters on Substack or have podcasts, you know, et cetera. And uh, they want to monetize their audience in a chat room. They'll be able to do that on Prometheus, you know, in charge 15 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month, whatever Mm. it is that they want. Yeah. So those are a couple of things like like creator subscription content. Exactly. But in a chat room with, Hey, you know, maybe you're a fund manager or retired fund manager, let's call it, you know, and you're still trading with your own capital. You put out a lot of content and uh, you want to monetize your audience. Well, this is way allowing your audience to come to, to a daily chat room with you where you're giving them your real time thoughts on the markets um, and um, and to be able to you know obviously charge a subscription fee for that. So that that's our a couple of you know sort of large items on our roadmap over the near term. But longer term, you know, what is our goal for the company? Well, we want to be that central place where everybody, whether you're an individual or an institution, to go to to access all of your alternative investments. You know, simple, plain, and of story, right? Be the Amazon essentially of alternatives. And then at the same point in time, be that central place where you go to to get insights directly from the pros. Credible insights about investing, about the markets. First place you go to is Prometheus. You know, you, you don't go to StockTwits or Twitter or any of that other stuff. You come to Prometheus. Yeah. So that's sort of our longer term goal.
0: Where do you see just your industry going in the next five or 10 years, whether it be you know, um, technology wise, legislation? Wise, right? You know, with a lot of different shifting political winds, culturally, you know, where do you see just you and all your competitors
1: that are doing something similar going to be in the next five to ten years? Sure, I think number one, there is a lot of demand from retail, the broader retail community, to get exposure to alternatives. Just to give you a frame of reference, if you're a billionaire family office, typically you have that's got forty percent of your assets in alternatives already you know, because they've had access to alternatives to the ultra wealthy, et cetera. The typical doctor, lawyer, retail person has close to 0% of their assets in alternatives. Sure. and alternatives. Uh, and so I do believe that over the course of the, not just the next few years, but over the course of the next three decades, you're going to see that shift from traditional investments within a retail portfolio to alternatives. And that's going to grow from 0%, you know, close to 0% what it is today to something above that if it's 10, 15, 20, 30%. And that's a mix shift of trillions of dollars. And we want to be at the center of that, obviously. you know. Yeah. But in order for that to also happen in a big way, you do need some changes in the legislation. So that's uh, one thing that you mentioned there. And I do believe that at least the SEC, given that they allow somebody to be deemed accredited to be able to invest in alternative products if they passed um, uh, some of these licensed tests, uh, I do believe they're probably headed in the right direction, and I'd like to see more though. Like, why do we even have this two hundred thousand dollar you know threshold or million dollar net worth threshold? What, why do we even need that there? You know, at the very least, take it down to something uh, a, a lot lower, right? Or you know, better yet, just eliminate that standard uh, altogether. And because these laws, just so you know, we're talking about the securities of. Act of 1933 and 1940. I mean, FDR was president, you know, when these <laughs> laws were enacted, like the yes. biggest invention was scotch tape. Things have changed in the last 80 years. So, we, but, but, the, but the laws have it.
0: I still use scotch tape. I don't, I don't know. about you, <laughs> hey, I, no, I have nothing against scotch tape, you know, <laughs>
1: um, And uh, but uh, the point of the matter is, is that a lot of things have changed. Technology has changed. You know, the reason why these laws were put in place was due to what happened during the Depression. Like, you know, sure. we're in a different stage uh, and we're in a different era right now. So the laws need to change. And from a technological standpoint, I do believe that uh, our industry today, I like to say, is equivalent to brick and mortar retail of 20 years ago. You know, if you sure. believe in technology and advancement, then everybody's got all the funds, uh, all the people, they're going to be on Prometheus, right? To be able to transact frictionless, and, uh, and that's what we offer. You know, we've built the tools to be able to process uh, these transactions frictionless. Uh, so I do believe that companies like ours will do a lot in removing all different frictions, all different barrier points for people to be able to access alternative products. Perfect. I have one question left for you. Completely unrelated
0: in a way. What did you want to be as a kid? And then, and, and is, is this it? And if not, how did
1: it get to this? Yeah, so what I wanted to be is it almost like shifted uh, depending on the age, but certainly in middle school what was I doing a lot? I was doing two things. So I, I was playing a lot of video games. So particularly a game called Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, I remember Duke connection. Nukem. And actually I used to I used to compete in, you wow. know um and I think at one point I was ranked like 11th in the world or something. No kidding, you know. Um, <laughs> I was a total nerd obviously. The other thing I used to do a lot was skateboard and so i either wanted to be a professional video which nowadays that's actually a respectable profession you can actually make a lot of money just asking yeah. ninja you know uh yeah. back then not very respectable uh, and certainly my parents <laughs> did not want me to go in that direction and then skateboarding i just love skateboarding i would skateboard like four hours a day and um doing tricks and stairs and rails and all that type of stuff but listen I wasn't good enough by any means to become a professional at that, you know? So how did I shift from uh, those sort of more personal interests to investing? Well, it's actually because uh, my parents, you know, weren't immigrants from Taiwan. And when we came to America, we didn't have much money. And it was actually through investing. My parents teaching themselves how to invest in the markets, how to invest in real estate and stuff like that, that they realized the American dream. So I grew up, you know, watching my parents wake up early in the morning to trade stocks, you know, for instance. Ah. And so I was exposed to a very early age. And maybe in the back of my head, subconsciously, I was like, all right, ultimately, I'm going to do this. Man, maybe I'll be a bit rebellious and trying to do skateboarding or stuff like that beforehand. And uh, so it was always an interest of mine. And you know, in high school, I was trading and I was the president of the lesson club and doing all that stuff. So it was, it was probably going to happen. I was always interested. And then plus, I sort of grew up uh, exposed to investing at a very early age. Very cool. Now you, you did mention that it's invite only, right? It now. is invite only right now. However, for listeners of your show, I want to get them access today. So use the code bird B I R D uh, to get, to create a free account. This entire platform is free and uh, go to PrometheusAlts.com alts.com uh, to access it or Google Prometheus in the Apple app store. And you can download that there too.
0: Awesome. And how can uh, people uh, reach you, maybe personally, if they need to, uh, for any kind of high level uh, talks or deals?
1: Sure. Uh, you can um, visit me on my Instagram. It's Mike underscore Prometheus, and uh, so you can reach me there. Um, you can um, you'll reach me on LinkedIn as well. Search for Michael Wayne Prometheus, and and you'll find me there as well. So, um, and also we have our own direct message platform on Prometheus. So oh, when you get on Prometheus, direct message me. I always reply. Very cool. Uh, And for everyone listening out there, again,
0: if you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Give it a five-star rating with some comments behind it. So other techies like us can find it and enjoy learning about all these amazing and helpful B2B softwares and on the market today. Again, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And I am going to check it out. I I think it's really cool. And uh, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be doing some research on the old company and I'm going to start looking up images on Google to see how it compares to Axe Capital. If you want some stories,
1: (laughs) I have those too. We could do that over a beer or
0: something. Oh yeah, no, I'll take that. (laughs) I'll take you up on that. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Michael. Have a good one. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Future of BizTech. I hope you got great value out of our discussion today. If so, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate it five stars. This helps the podcast jump in the ratings to help other techies like you and I find it too. And remember, if you own or work for a B2B tech company and you're looking for highly targeted hot leads delivered to your inbox daily, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. We've been in business since 2010 and have helped hundreds of companies just like yours Make millions of dollars in marketing and lead gen ROI. So be sure to visit our website at www.infinitym, as in marketing, group.com. That's infinitymgroup.com. Or you can email us at infoinfinitymgroup.com. At or you can call us at 303 834 7344. We look forward to talking with you. And I look forward to you listening to my next episode of Future of BizTech.